The Florida Gators won a 41-39 thriller, including a 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free ready to listen to the podcast. Happy Sunday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. If you hear chuckling or shuffling, that is that I am here with Miguel, Vitor, and Daniel here. They're, they're all with me here because... Uh, we are in Brazil, and we just watched the Jacarés beat the South Carolina Gamecocks in a game that it, it can be described as Florida actually showing up on the road for once. They had a strong start going up 24-21 at the half, and then they pretty much didn't show up again until the fourth quarter. Um, and, and coaching was a big issue there. I don't like how often Austin Armstrong kept putting – three defensive linemen on the field and and not really sending pressure in the first half. I feel like that was a thing where the South Carolina Gamecocks allowed a lot of pressure this season, allowed a lot of sacks. Spencer Rattler's in the top 10 of times pressured this year. And I think that that first half was kind of Austin Armstrong being a, a little arrogant with how he approached things and just going, oh, well, I can rush three or four every now and then. And then that's our pass rush plan. And that's just not sustainable in, in the SEC and when you're playing an in-conference game. And an important conference game in that one, too. Spencer Rattler went off, had himself a great day. Mario Anderson went off again. We did see South Carolina try to break out some of the pulling runs that Kentucky had a lot of success against the Gators with uh, just a few weeks ago. But Florida made a few stops there early on. I'm very disappointed with how they did approach their defensive line game I, I don't think that they handled inside zone as much as they should have a big part of defending inside zone is cam jackson supposed to stuff that completely and and i think he did his part i don't think anybody else really filled in but hey, i mean it, it was it was a great win we're still going to celebrate that win you win by two four but you gave them the safety at the end for strategic purposes which we can nitpick about it whether they should have run the ball immediately or should have thrown deep and tried to kill clock and thrown deep out of bounds and tried to kill clock or whatever the approach was but this was the florida gators showing up for once and that was the thing that they hadn't done on the road they're now two and seven on the road under billy napier so it's time to finally show up. i don't know what they're chuckling about but it's glad to see them finally show up. And, and I think that a lot of us owe Graham Mertz an apology because so many of us said, hey, Graham Mertz wasn't going to be able to lead this team to victory. That he was going to be a game manager and your job was just don't screw it up. Over 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He made plays where the offensive line didn't. And that was huge for him. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. I still don't get the the carry split there 
Uh, maybe it's that you want to use Trevor Etienne more in the passing game, but you throw to Montreal more, you run with Montreal more. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me when Trevor Etienne is your most dynamic back and one of your most dynamic football players in general. Eugene Wilson III made some big plays. I mean, as a true freshman, it's it's just incredible to see what he's done so far. And I mean, he lined up in the backfield. There were ways that this team got more creative than usual as actual play calling goes and as coaching goes. And I, I guess we can say that the change to the travel schedule before this game maybe paid off a little bit, but I think that a big part of that comes down to congratulations, your team showed up and, and then coaching kind of let them down for a big portion of it. I don't I think he's recording me, but we're recording here. Um, but coaching let you down for a big portion of it. Um, and I will say that it was also great to see Graham Mertz kind of distribute the ball evenly. You had Ricky Pearsall went off 10 catches, 166 yards. Eugene Wilson III, always boarding him again. Khalil Jackson made a few big plays. Hayden Hansen had a couple catches early on. Uh, Montreal Johnson got involved in the passing game, even if we're not big fans of that. But it is what it is. Uh, you made some plays, and we're about to talk about the rest of this game. But before we do that, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs, which is the most comfortable pair of shorts that you're ever going to wear. Easily the most comfortable pair of shorts that I've ever worn. And they're the most versatile shorts that you're ever going to wear. You can go play basketball, soccer, barbecue, swim, whatever you want to do. They're great. And it's, it's skies out, thighs out. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code at locked on college for a free water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college it's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for a free water bottle and you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you and also this episode of locked on gators is brought to you by better help which if you watch that game you're gonna need it and they're they love that part Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on college and get on your way to being your best self, whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationship, watching the Florida Gators. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want to navigate in life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. It's entirely online too, so it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on college. And now as we're back here, thank you for tuning in to the Locked on Gators Discord. Links in the description, subtext, links in the description as well. But thank you for making Locked on Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free, like I said, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I want to circle back to the coaching here because I I think the coaching was important. I think that when you talk about kind of – Opening up the deep passing game. I know that in the Discord, we talked about how Arliss Bordingham wasn't playing a ton at certain points. And I think a big reasoning for that was wanting to go more 11 personnel. So one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. And a lot of times those three were Ricky Pearsall, Eugene Wilson, and Khalil Jackson, or Marcus Burke, and, and some variation of that. And I think that when you have that 11 personnel, you saw Hayden Hansen get a lot more playing time because he was in pass protection a lot. That's something Arliss Boardingham, one, can't really do with any sort of consistency, and two, shouldn't really do. That's not what you should ask him to do if you're going to ask a tight end to pass protect. 
it should be Hayden Hansen. I think that was a big part. And I think we saw why. South Carolina generated a lot of pressure. Hayden Hansen specifically was in pass protection between Micah Mazuka at right guard and whoever the right tackle was at any given play. And I think that's really indicative of what this team had, or what's been holding back this team, really. This offensive line, again, going into the year, we thought they were going to be a strength of the team, and they've shown to be one of the biggest weaknesses to this point. Constant pressure on Graham Mertz, who, again, has made more plays than we anticipated him to make. He's made bigger plays than we anticipated him to make. But there's still an offensive line that just is allowing him to get killed. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Damian George, or I don't know what Graham Mertz did to Damian George. I don't know what Graham Mertz did to most of these guys that there's just constant pressure in the backfield. And that's a big reason where we said, hey, you can't throw the ball deep if Graham Mertz is just going to get killed every time he tries to do that. He got hit a lot. He came up limping a couple of times and, and he did that a few times and it was a little bit tough for him there. And I think that that's where we really, I think that's where the disconnect is of how do you throw deep with Graham Mertz with that offensive line? Because it's incredibly difficult to operate when you need those two things to work together. The last quarter, pretty much that that run where you were down 10 and you came back, the offensive line played significantly better and shockingly enough. So did the offense. And and I understand there was like the tip drill that Eugene Wilson III caught, and it probably shouldn't have worked at all, but it did. And that's what we care about. But Ricky Pearsall had yet another dominant performance. He's up over, I believe he's over 650 yards on the season now and is pacing to be a 1,000-yard receiver this season. But of course, you look at the second half of the schedule, and that's really why this game was so important to win for the Florida Gators, because... The second half of your schedule is Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Florida State. And not a single one of those games are going to be easy. Arkansas is going to be the easiest, still not going to be easy. So this win was so important because now you're one win away from bowl eligibility. Once you get that sixth win, you're into the bowl game, and and that's big. And if you lost to South Carolina, I don't know if many of us see two games where we look at it and we go, that is a win. I think most of us look at Arkansas and think that's a win. I don't think we look at any other game with any sort of confidence and say it's a win. So that's where we talk about this game was huge for the Florida Gators, even if, you know, oh, South Carolina's now two and four and, and it's not that important. South Carolina was favored going into this game. I'm not going to say that they were a better team. I, I think going into this, Florida had the better roster. I think that that real lull from pretty much halftime down till the final five minutes of the game. I think that that's an inexcusable lull to have. I don't know if it was maybe getting too cute with things at times, but Florida's got to figure out a way to string together solid performance, solid performance in just halves. Then worry about stringing them together for full games and, and continuing to go there. But until you've learned how to do that, this ceiling is seven wins, maybe eight, depending if you get a good bowl draw. But this this is a win's a win, and we will celebrate a win, and we'll be happy about a win, and we'll be happy about an exhilarating game where so many people are like, oh, you're cooked at that point, and then you come back and win. But at the same time, it's important to acknowledge there are a lot of things that are just fundamentally wrong with this team and operationally 
wrong with this team and the Florida Gators need to kind of figure out ways to improve upon that and actually solve their issues because your offense finally got going and then your defense kind of sucked for for a good bit and it was it was weird generating pressure but not finishing the play ever not generating pressure and still Spencer Rattler scrambles for almost 10 yards there were a few plays where you just got beat, like Xavier Leggett just going up over Jalen Kimber, stuff like that. You, you can't really harp on. You can't scheme to avoid that too much. But you can say things need to change here, maybe on the staff at some point, maybe not. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free if you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk more Florida Gators for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work. Whole line sports, Giants country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.